Welcome to Max Volume, uh, Podcast 28. This is my second podcast in the same day, which is the first for me. So getting those numbers up, getting those reps up. But really, this is more a vain exercise for me because I don't have anything to listen to on my puppy walk tonight. So I need something to listen to. And I find it soothing to saunter to my dulcet tones of my vocal vibrations. What can I say? A little vain like that. So I just noticed also I'm wearing sandals inside. Does anyone else do this? Because I picked this up in the last like two, three months. And I feel like it's an old person thing. Like I feel more secure. feels like there's two little security blankets wrapped around my tootsies. And I don't know, maybe I'm losing my mind from just being inside so much. <laughs> and another thing I picked up on is I'm definitely mouthwashing around every hour. And it's fun. I'm enjoying it. And my breath is like at an all-time freshness level that I have not experienced before. So that's a bonus, but might be like small telltale signs that I'm slowly cracking up. Although I've always been weird. Like I'll buy 18, 20 bananas for a week and I'll just eat bananas that week, like three a day. Or I think this week I bought seven long stems of green onion, you know, just to put on stuff. And I go to the market once a week, but I'm gonna use it. I, I like that much green onion. It's just I get into these obsessive vibes towards things. And I guess this is just my brain leaking out, just thinking of stuff. And speaking of which, I needed a topic tonight because I needed one fast. I didn't know what else I would do because doing research on something late at night is really annoying. So I wanted something I had a dearth of knowledge with. That's right. I used the word dearth. I'm not 100% sure if I used it correctly, but it sounded good. But I did, definitely didn't use girth, though, because that is that is a word used strictly for <laughs> one body part, and I'm not. This is a kid show, all right. So I thought about the deepest wells of my brain, and I came up with the wire. So because I mean, I'm also watching it for the thirty eight thousandth time, every time I have a meal, I put it on my iPad. And I'm just ripping through it. I'm on season three for like the fifty eighth time, and I thought who's my favorite character? Who do I like to hang out with the most? Cause that would, that would flow the best. I was like, Jimmy McNulty. I was like, nah, he's too self-destructive, too much of just a jerk. Lester Freeman, he's too old man, arrogant. And just, he's a little stringent in his beliefs. It's like, eh, I don't know. Avon Barksdale. Eh, he's a little emotionally unpredictable and he's kind of, he's kind of finicky. And the one correct answer I had is the only correct answer you should have if you're thinking of your favorite character, and it is Russell Stringer Bell. First of all, the nickname Stringer, it's like, I've never heard that before. I don't even know what it means. It would make sense if it was like Stinger, like a Stingray or something, but Stringer, I don't even know. They don't even explain why that's his nickname. might be his middle name. I never really looked that up, but just a cool name. It's Stringer Bell. just rolls off the tongue. Say it a few times. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. It's fun to say. Fun to say. And so heads up, by the way, there's going to be a ton of spoilers, but this show's 20 years old. Like build a bridge, get over it. We're, we're going to get through this. We're going to go. And if you listen to this, you're, you're my friend. You've watched The Wire. The Wire is awesome. And if you haven't, just turn this off right now. You know, take the next week of your life off and just rip through the five seasons. It's super easy. They're all on Amazon or they're on HBO or they're on, no, those are the two platforms, but you should have one of those by this time. Or just get a free Amazon Prime, like ask a friend to, to for a password. Ask me for my password. Actually, no, don't, because 
you would go on a shopping spree and I don't trust you. My friends are my, I don't trust my friends, <laughs> but uh, back to Stringer Bell. So he's like, who is Stringer Bell? He's the smooth, sophisticated consigliere of the Barksdale drug operation in West Baltimore. He's one of the few characters who wants to push the boundaries of his circumstance. Like he's investing in real estate. He's investing in stocks while all the other dealers are kind of focused on street dealing and what's going on in the hood. And he's trying to build a future. He, he's the only one that actually creates uh, organized crime in Baltimore. He is an alliance with, he's on the west side and on the east side, Proposition Joe is kind of his counterpart. And they form an alliance and they call it the New Day Co-op. And, you know, they buy uh, their product together to get a better price. When it comes to violence, they talk it over before, you know, they get to guns because guns lead to random murders of, you know, people of uh, civilians and that leads to the cops and that leads to the lost profits. So he's, he's the cooler head that prevails. He doesn't care about his rep or like his name ringing out on some street corner. He, as Prop Joe says, buys for a dollar and sells for two. That's it. He doesn't want anything else. Like one time he, he explains to the audience that uh, giving up some of his towers to the East side to get a better product he only had half the uh, real estate that he had before, but his profits went up eight, nine percent. So he could care less. So he's just trying to explain to people that there's more to it than what's on the ground. And it's kind of cool. I really like this. He took econ courses at like a local community college to better himself. They even show him he gets an A minus on a paper. So you're like, yeah, he's actually, he's doing it. He's got his reading glasses. He's got his shirt tucked in, he's taking it seriously. And he even uses tidbits from class and applies them to the street. Like he's talking about, he had an inferior product at one point and he kind of, in, in a veiled sense, asked the professor what he should do when he has uh, um, it's a terrible product in a competitive marketplace. And the professor tells him about WorldCom changing their name after they had a scandal. So he changes the name of his drugs on the street to make people think it's a different product or like he puts different caps on them, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of funny. Uh, so... He invests in, you get, you hear him on the phone a bunch with the stockbrokers, and this is like the year 2000, and he said, he tells the stockbroker to sell all his cellular stocks, and because there's market saturation, because he saw like his drug, uh, the people below him on the streets had one phone for like the drug re-ups and one phone for calling his girlfriend, and he's like, if those if guys like that have two phones, then how am I going to sell him another phone? That's market saturation. And it seems stupid. In retrospect, now the way phones are selling, but from another podcast, I learned that in 2000, when he sold the Nokia stocks and uh, Verizon, that's what he was saying, the stocks actually dipped that year because people had too many phones and they, they like branched out and made too many colors of the phones. So he was right. So he seems to be always right. And I just love that about him. Just he's, he's the smarter guy. He takes the smart approach and he's, you know, like I said, he's the consigliere to Avon, and Avon is kind of a little bit more brash, a little bit more old school. You know, he's talking about the game, and he's talking about his, he's just a drug dealer, and he wants his street corners, and he tries to speak to Avon's more rational side, but he often falls on deaf ears as Avon just kind of wants his corners. Doesn't seem to understand they made it to another level, and they can exist above the drug game, like with the real estate, the political contributions, you know, they can get to a point where they don't have to worry about, you know, murder and uh, jail time. But Avon's stubborn and he kind of just, he wants his street corners. And he's described as the queen of the chessboard of this drug game. And he's kind of like the Michael Corleone of the family. 
he's, you know, Michael says it's business, strictly business. That's what Avon, Avon, uh, that's what Stringer's all about. Avon's the king, but uh, Stringer's the more level-headed of the guys. So even when uh, Stringer has to kill somebody, he kills Avon's nephew in jail because D'Angelo is doing a 20-year bid and seems out of reach for the organization, and he might rat on them. So cold, calculating uh, Stringer just decides to off him and you know doesn't tell Avon right away. Eventually tells him later, you know, that he had to do it for the sake of the business. And you just see that Stringer is operating on just a robotic kind of calculating level. And that's just fun to watch someone who's taking this more seriously and not letting their personal vendettas or, you know, emotions get the best of them. Because all the cops, all the robbers, all the dealers everyone's got beefs and it seems like the only time things really get chaotic and out of control is when people lose their cool and and uh stringer if left to his own devices if people didn't push and pull on him you know with these emotions i think he would have you know just turned into the he would have turned into just a multi-millionaire real estate developer you know with political ties but if you've seen the show you know eventually r.i.p you know he gets got he gets shot with a shotgun and a couple guns from, you know, from uh, Omar Little and Brother Muzon, who trap him in a uh, real estate development. So really sad. We'll talk about that later. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I miss, I miss Stringer. And they, that was a part of the uh, show that was really important to me too. That they killed off Stringer in season three, season three, episode ten, I believe. And it just showed that anybody could get got. Like the show was not gonna let everyone you know, play out the string, no pun intended, uh, just because they were fan favorites or just because, you know, they liked the character. Everyone was fair game because that's how it was in West Baltimore and they wanted to keep it realistic. So at that point, you're like, oh my God, man, you know, if Stringer can get got, then anybody can. And it made, it added a depth to the show that really wasn't there before. Just a nice, a nice little layer, like a third layer on a cake where you're like, oh, are there sprinkles in there? Oh man, is this buttercream? You know what I mean? Like it's adding to that cake. And that's, I mean, even in death, his death added resonance to the show. And, but in life, I mean, he, he had incredible scenes too, like uh, him and Avon just sitting on a rooftop. There's this scene where they're like, we're brothers B. That's what they say to each other. You know, it's kind of like their code to each other and shows the connection they have and the love that Avon and Stringer have for each other and how they kind of, how they could have came from nothing to form all this. And I mean, Stringer keeps preaching the entire time. He wants to grow and leave the street behind. He won't, he's always meeting with real estate developers, lawyers, et cetera. And it's pretty cool. He's like the avatar that we're learning from on the show for how high-level kingpins in this game kind of navigate their finances. Like, he explains to you how you put your car in someone else's name so that, you know, you can ride in a car without it, the money being tied back to you. Or how to buy front businesses like strip clubs and copy shops to launder the money. Or he switch, he switches his phone chips daily. He had like 30, 40 of them on him at all times. Well, no one else was doing that. So that's why that was hard for them to get a wire on him. And like how to send case files from trials to business relations to show that no one was snitching. And, you know, he, he dealt with a bunch of lawyers. He dealt with, I mean, he deals with the business side of all this. And he's just, he's just really fun to watch. You see him learning and kind of picking stuff up as he goes too. From season one to season three, there's some serious growth. 
and like he shows us how there's a uh, follow cars for when they pick up drugs that are like spying on their own people to make sure that no one was stealing and also making the people in the car write down the mileage of the car before and at the end of the uh, drug run so that if their mileage was off by even like a quarter of a mile he knew something was going on they were taking a detour just cool little details like that like lived in details it feels like scorsese wrote this movie and uh, david simon is no slouch who wrote this with ed burns so david simon was a police beat writer in baltimore for at least 10 years and ed burns was a narcotics cop and a middle school teacher in baltimore so like the like the bad part of baltimore so you can take whatever they said seriously and i think all these characters are based on certain people so i know avon was based on a real drug kingpin in the 60s who actually is on the show he's the pastor who's trying to help everyone out he was actually kind of avon in the 60s and just got out recently uh when the show had started and scared everyone on set which is kind of funny and Avon and uh, Stringer is based on, hold on, who's Stringer based on? He's based on this drug dealer that did take uh, community college courses. So they kind of based him on that. I didn't know his actual name. I should I catch my breath for a second? Hold on. <sighs> Just going too fast. I don't know why. Maybe it's at night. I feel a little bit more nervous, but um, like, breathe in with me, right? Let's do it once. <sighs> that feels nice. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, sometimes I just get going. I get excited and I'm just like, I want to spit it out as fast as possible. But sometimes you got to take it slower. Just calm down. I feel so much better. I felt like I was like choking on my breath. But I mean, like he shows you how to invest in property and political campaigns. And he, he wants to move beyond the street, like I said. And also, I mean, the style of Stringer Bell. He's wearing these like tailored suits. He has these elegant reading glasses. He has the manicured goatee. Plus, I mean, Idris Alba, who's the actor, is six foot five and just one of the most gorgeous men on the face of the earth. Like, he looks like if they made a muscular and hyper intelligent panther into a human being, like they spliced the DNA. That's what he looks like. So, and this is Idris Alba, it's like 28, 30. I mean, he's still really handsome now as like a 50 year old. If you've seen uh, The Last Fast and Furious, he was the bad guy. And. He's just, I mean, I think he's getting better with age, but young Stringer Bell, like that is, that is, that is perfection. But sadly, I mean, like in this drug war, there was too much posturing. There's war hungry Avon and uh, his rival Marlo. And he couldn't really navigate uh, his plan to eliminate uh, like all the violence. And he, his cool, his cool calculating uh, way was just too revolutionary. And he ended up getting got. But it was even cool how he got murdered. Like I said, it was a monumental event. But like I said, Omar Little and Brother Muzon, who are just kind of soldiers who he's kind of played mental games with to have them go after each other for his own benefit, and they figured it out. So they go after him, and he confidently kind of tries to negotiate for his life. He's like, who wants to get paid? Like, come on, let's, let, me, let me figure this out. Let's get some money going. And when he realizes he can't buy himself out, he just kind of calmly takes a breath and he's like, well, get on with it then. And he's just, you know, he's ready to die. And bam, he gets shot and his like feet come up and you know, he's a tall guy and just this huge thud on the floor. And I mean, you just leave that scene. Like that was one of the best scenes of the show. And I miss Stringer. And then finally, this is my favorite scene of the entire five seasons. 
after he died and they're doing like, you know, the murder chalk kind of investigation, Jimmy McNulty and Bunk are going to Stringer's apartment to kind of, you know, check out if there's any evidence or anything like that. And the whole show, you know, we've been looking in like the grosser, poorer parts of uh, Baltimore, you know, rat infested homes that are abandoned, all that kind of stuff. And when you go to Stringer's place, it's this minimalist, stunning, like out of architectural digest type of sophisticated place. I mean, there's Asian waterfalls, there's light grays and whites as the primary colors. He's got this huge library of historical texts. Like McNulty even picks up one of the books and it's Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations. I don't know that book, but it sounds, you know, sounds profound and historical and, you know, like it just, there's a weightiness to it, a gravitas. And there's samurai katanas and like there's a waterfront view. And just, you know, this unbelievable furniture. It's like, you know, when you look at a couch and you're like, that, that couch costs like $18,000 and I shouldn't sit on it. That's what all his furniture looked like. And Jimmy McNulty, who's like never vexed, he's never confused. He just looks out kind of just in wonder and he goes, who the F was I chasing? And it's like, Stringer was that cool, that on lock, that low key, that even the cop who was obsessed with finding him and kind of the catalyst of the show was Jimmy's obsession with finding Stringer Bell and his crew and taking him down. That was kind of the crux of how the show got started. And he really had no idea who Stringer was and how Stringer kind of was a gangster who was above the game he was playing. So, you know, Stringer, we miss you. Maybe I'm going to go watch some clips of him right now to just get my Stringer fix. But for everyone out there, uh, if you have any other thoughts on who you think was better, I'd love to argue because you're wrong. So I'm going to go take a walk and listen to my own voice because I'm a crazy person. Bye.